All right, so Matthew 5, uh, 13 through 16. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand and gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. So these two, these two word pictures, he uses salt and light and the impacts that those have on everything around it, right? And so we're going to look at these individually first. We'll look at salt first. Uh, and, and so start at the beginning. It's interesting that he starts off by saying, you are the salt of the earth. And so, um, you know, the first thing you notice is that salt is needed here on the earth, right? It's not needed in heaven. And so as you think about it, when you are a believer and you give your life to Christ, you put your faith and trust in Jesus, God has something for you to do. Okay, some people think that's a check the box thing, like, okay, I've got my eternity taken care of, and then you go on living, right? We want Jesus as Savior, but not Jesus as Lord of our life. But the truth is, God has a plan for your life. If not, as soon as you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you're done, God would take you to heaven. <clears throat> okay, but the earth needs salt, and that's what he has, he has for us to do. And so, um, <clears throat> and we're talking about influence. Salt had two primary functions, really, in that day. The first was a, as a preservative. And so when you think about uh, preserving food, there we go. You didn't get the pictures? That's okay. I don't know what it is with All right. <clears throat> I'm docking your pay, our media tech person. Now, so we had some really great pictures of, of food being uh, preserved in salt. But do you think about in the, in the hot temperatures of the arid Middle East during this time, there was no refrigeration. Right, and so salt uh, was the qualities um, of preventing bacteria from po poisoning food, and so really, salt had the power of life and death for that for that society, and uh, you know just as it prevents uh, bacteria in food, we as Christians uh, should prevent our moral decay in the world. So that's it's a preserving function, and in fact, if you think about the Dead Sea, which has a very high salt content, they used to dump uh, those the water into the pits wait for it to evaporate, and they would, then they would be able to harvest that salt. And so salt was very important in that. They'd actually put salt on wounds, right, to help cleanse wounds. And so it was, it was a preserving function in that society. That was the first one. Um, so before I, before I get to the second part, how do you see that today? What, when, when you're talking about our role as Christians uh, having a preserving function in our culture, what, do you, what are your ideas on that? What does that look like for us? Sure. Yeah, that's a good example. I think about memorizing the Word of God is like a preserving. Absolutely. Yep, having the Word of God on our hearts. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. It's, it's there, right? It's, the Bible said God's Word does not return void. So when we memorize it, it's always there. Have you ever memorized something uh, and maybe you didn't even realize you did, and then years later it comes back to you, right? And it just Because you know it. Because God's Word's there and it does preserve you. That's good. Do you have something, Lewis? <laughs> Sure. Yep. So preserving that moral decay. Does that make sense? That, that's, that's important. Um, and and uh, 
the difference is that we as Christians should be different than everybody else. It makes sense. People with a relationship with the Lord should be vastly different from those who don't. Right? It says that the Holy Spirit gives us uh, fruit of the Spirit. Right? You've probably heard that before in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. So it says that, that the fruit of the Spirit, there's just nine of them. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So we talk about those nine things. It's not like the Christian should have one of those. Right? It says we should have all nine of those. And in an increasing measure, we just got done talking about the coronavirus, right? And all the fear that's going on out there. You know, as a Christian, our response to that threat should be vastly different, right? Because our, our future is, is, is secure, right? It's guaranteed. It is, God has given us the Holy Spirit as a seal guaranteeing us an inheritance. We know that if we are not in this life, where we'll be? We will live eternally with God in, in being totally whole. No more pain, no more tears. No more crying. So, yeah, no more Corona. Um, but while, he, while we're here, he's got a job for us to do. He promised his, pre- his presence for us while we're here. So that love and that joy that, you know, that, 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 that goes beyond anything that, you know, the peace that passes understanding that Philippians 3 talks about, that, that's, that's real. That's what we should be living today. So we're talking about all the fears and stuff, and not that we shouldn't take precautions. I'm not saying that, you know, you, you, you lick every rail that you go by in the airport but uh you know it's still we we should live differently we should we should have a hope that that transcends our 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 experience here on on earth so that's the first one excuse me second function of salt is to add flavor um you know it's different from the things that you put it on but it adds something to it and so there's a lot you know we talked about christians should be different the way that, that that we live John 17, uh, 16 says, uh, this is Jesus speaking, and he says, they are not of the world, speaking of Christians, just as I am uh, not of this world. And so we are not of this world, but we are in this world for a reason. We're supposed to impact and influence and flavor the things that we have. In fact, you, you keep going, and in Colossians um, 4, 5, and 6, I love this verse, it says, act wisely toward outsiders, so non-Christians, making the most of the time. And so that's what John Mark just got done talking about on Sunday, right? How do we make the most of the time? Lord, give us a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days. We only have a short amount of time here on this earth, right? So how do we make the most of it? And then he goes with this. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you should answer each person. That's that whole picture of seasoning our speech. So we're supposed to speak the truth in love. And oftentimes we lead with truth, right? And we're hammering with truth. We forget the in love, right? How we say what we say is just as important as what we say, okay? Because otherwise, we will not earn the right to have a conversation. Does that make sense? So speaking the truth in love. And, and Jesus highlighted this. At the end of that, he said, uh, let me scroll back up, sorry. Um, it's no longer good for anything. If, if salt should lose its taste, so if it, if it loses its flavor, right, how can it be made salty? It, it can't. It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. And so it's a little bit of a warning there, too, that uh, if, if we lose that saltiness, if we lose that ability to flavor and to, and to reach people, what are we good for? Right? It, it's, it's a little bit of a threat. We need to self-examine, folks. It's, it's not only are we being effective, but if we're not, we need to check our hearts. Okay? Um, and then the last one I put there in First Peter 3.15, but in your hearts set apart or regard Christ as Lord, as holy, ready at, at any time to give a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in within you. If we are living differently, 
if we are living with that hope, it should look different to people around us, right? In mass chaos, mass panic, whether it's coronavirus or whatever it is, there's always something that we're stressed about. It's, it's death, it's disease, it's financial crisis, it's marriages, it's job stress. Whatever it is, we all live in the, in the, in the temporal, right? And we all have those same pressures. We live in a fallen creation. How do we respond to that? How do we reflect those qualities of Jesus in our life as we allow the Holy Spirit to take over? You know, uh, when we talk about we should be different because the Father is different, I always think about 1 Peter 2.9. I didn't, I, don't, I didn't put this verse on there. But this is where he says that we are a chosen race, right? A holy people, a, a holy nation, a people for his possession, that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We do not live like those that don't have any hope right god created us he set us apart he gave us the holy spirit to seal us right so that when we read scripture we understand it it empowers us it gives us the fruit of the spirit i mean there's so many things that god promises to be with us and yet so many times we 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 don't access that we don't we, we don't um we don't represent him real well we're not super salty in a good way not salty in a bad way Lewis? Oh, yeah. Whatever you do. Yep. Very good. Thank you. Yep. No, that's a good point. All right. So salt is distinctly different. So now let's move to light. There we go. He's already in, uh, on top of that. So I'm just going to go here because my thing is messing up. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand and gives it light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. And so the result of living this right out is that you will let your light shine. And so what is, what is the primary purpose of light? Okay, yep. Get rid of the darkness, illuminate, right? It, it, it sheds truth on what our reality is. Does that make sense? It illuminates um, and it, um, that it makes it visible. So when we're making God's love visible, what does that look like in our life, right? The, uh, you know, Jesus used, again, here, the emphatic you, which I think is important. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. It's not something that eventually you will grow into this, right? He's, saying, he's talking to his believers, his followers, some of which have been followers for days. So it's not like these folks have been followers for 30 years. But that emphatic you says, this is the way I've created you. This is the way that I've uh, empowered you. This is the way that you're to live. So this is the intent that, that God has for our life. It should be our nature, right? And the inf- interesting thing about light is that it, our light is not inherent within ourselves. We, we're not good enough. Don't let your own light shine, right? It's a reflective light. It's a light that we have from remaining in Him, from pressing into the Lord, that then we reflect to those we come into, into contact with. So it's important there that nothing gets in between us and the source of the light that we're reflecting, right? So the relationship with the Lord, spending time with the Lord, being in tune with His Spirit, you know, that's critically important. Or the light that you have either flickers and fades or becomes something you try to self-generate, which is not sustainable. Does that make sense? So the first one we're talking about is making, making visible the, the character of God. 
because he, he's seeing that everybody's seeing that within us. You know, the, the second piece to this is that uh, we're to shine brightly. Hey, we did get a picture on there. Um, nice job, Justin. Kudos. So we make things visible, but then he goes on and he uses these analogies. He says, listen, a city on a hill, right? right? You can't hide that light. Think about it, it, it. When it's dark out, if you got a bunch of lights up on the hill, you see that from miles away. And same thing with a lamp. He says a lamp, you don't hide it. You put it on a lampstand, which is elevated, and it provides light to the entire house. And so you're shining brightly. It, it, it should impact others. It should be elevated. And it represents our, that our good works are lived with such integrity that no matter what we do, people are going to give credit to the Father. It's not about us. It's not about people saying, man, you know, Mike, you're doing awesome. You know, you're, you're an amazing guy. It's, it's more like there's something different about you. You know, tell me more about that. Right? What, what, what makes you so different than everyone else? We shouldn't be camouflaging our relationship with Christ. And that's what we do. Oftentimes we treat our light guys like it's a pocket light. You know, like we wait for the right time to pull it out. Hey, you see this cool pocket light I have? I mean, there's, there's, ta- there's times where we should have those individual conversations about our relationship with the Lord for sure. But it was never meant to hide. It was never meant to camouflage. It was never meant to blend in with the world. That's not the way that God created us. In fact, he could have chosen any way to reach the world around us, right? He could have said, I'm going to write my name in the stars, which he kind of does when you study it. It's amazing, right? He, he, he could uh, have a voice thundering from heaven, and he chose to reach people through people, right? So that's our, that's our role down here. We're supposed to bring him glory and honor by the way that we live our lives, but the way that he reaches folks is through other folks that have already been saved and redeemed by his love. And so it's a huge uh, responsibility. We're making visible the character of God to everyone around us. And so let's pause as, before we jump into this, because it's one thing, like I said earlier, to talk about. It's another one to live it out, right? James 4.17 tells us that, that uh, oftentimes we know the good we ought to do, but we fail to do it. That's the sin of omission. And I think that this falls into our camp, right, in the, when we're talking about this topic, because we talk about salt and light, it's easy to talk about ideologically and even theologically but then what does that look like practically because it looks different in every one of your 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 lives right it looks different in your workplace it looks different in your communities it works different in your families and so i want to jump over to to uh, acts 4 19 and 20 and this is uh when peter and john uh were being pressed right and 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 they they were preaching the word of God and they were beaten and they were threatened and saying, okay, you, you know, no more of that. You can do whatever you want. We'll release you, but we need you to shut up, right? Cause you're starting to, to stir up people. And this is what they said. They said, whether it's right in the sight of God for us to listen to you rather than to God, you decide for we are unable to stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. That's the attitude that God calls us about, right? We are unable to stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. I once was lost. And now I'm found, right? Our testimonies are powerful. What God has done in our lives, you know, it's interesting when you talk about testimony, and that's a churchy word, right? So your story, what, what has God done in your life? Oftentimes, you'll, you'll hear a cool testimony where, you know, somebody, I say cool, this is not cool to live, but it's cool when you're here. We, as guys, we think, oh, that's really cool. You know, someone was, you know, born up, uh, you know, born in the, on the wrong side of the tracks, and they were I don't know, doing drugs, selling drugs, killing people, and then God got a hold of them, and it was a total transformation. And so we say, all right, that's an awesome testimony that I'd like to follow. 
And, and then there's other guys that maybe you grew up in a Christian home and grew up in church and say, well, I don't really have a testimony. That's false. You absolutely do, right? You are a sinner saved by grace through faith. And that, what, a, what a powerful testimony. Because we all have to come to that spot to say, God, I can't do it. I just can't, right? We, we get to the end of ourselves and realize that we, we can't be perfect enough. We can't be good enough. We can't do enough good things. Right? And so we need a Savior, and we give our lives over to Jesus. And that's a very powerful message, regardless of what your background is. So I'm not trying to discount if, if you suffered all those things and God brought you through it. I, I'm a firm believer in 2 Corinthians 1 that God is going to use that so then you can relate and connect with others. Right? You're going to comfort others, and that's the way the gospel can move forward. But if you didn't go through all those things, you did come to a spot where you were drowning in your sins, and you realized that you could not do it by yourself and that you needed a Savior and that Jesus was there, and he changed your life. And you can testify to the presence of the Spirit, how your life has been different, right, and how he walks with you in your relationship with the Lord. And that's what we're called to do. And so that's what we're going to do. I, I want us to, um, you know, I, I included that verse um, because it, it's better to be, you know, loved by God and, and, uh, and maybe not by so much by those people around us than it is the other way around, right, that we're trying so hard to fit in and that we, we fail the Lord, that we're salt that's no longer worth being salty. It's only good for throwing away and being trampled underfoot. And so uh, it, it's important that, you know, that we talk about the way that we do that, because the, oftentimes we're, we're, we're usually guys of extreme, right? We're all in. We, we either don't say anything, or man, we're in your face trying to tell you why you're wrong, and you're going to hell, and you need Jesus. And, and there may be a time for that, but the reason that, that God uses those those, uh, those words, salt and light, is because the influence that it has, right? We have to be, we have to be wise as, as serpents, but gentle as doves. We should be uh, circumspectly, right? We need, to be in, we need to be smart about how we interact and share God's love with those around us. And so that's what we're going to do. In your middle of your table uh, are some handouts and just have some discussion questions. And I, I threw some <clears throat> encouragement scriptures up here, just kind of overriding principles but I'm going to land it here because I want us to have time to discuss. I don't want it to get to the end and you only got 10 minutes and it, everybody has a chance to make one answer and then we've got to go. Really, the goal for these discussion questions, and you don't have to answer them all if there's certain questions that, that resonate more than others. The goal is to say, okay, let's look at that text. And, and as we're talking about being salt and light, what does that look like in my life, right? What are the obstacles that prevent me from doing that? And then what can I do differently this week? to be salt and light where we're at. And then when you guys are done, uh, you know, just pray it out and you guys can head out your table. So uh, I know we got a couple tables with just two. If you guys want to jump in with other folks, and uh, a little bit more robust conversation. But um, anyways, have fun discussing. I think this is the best part about this is applying the truths of God's word. All right, thanks guys.